Welcome to Guys We Fucked. <laughs> guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry, sorry about, about last, last night. night. The anti-slut-shaming podcast. <laughs> I never stop. <laughs> hey, fuckers. How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. It's the anti-slut-shaming podcast. I'm Corinne. I'm Christina. Welcome. Make How you sure doing? to rate, uh, subscribe, review, leave a message. That all helps us to take over the iTunes charts. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes, please. Thank you so much. Mm. Today's news item. Here are the here's the porn that women watched in 2018, according to Pornhub. This article is from Vice. Among the most searched terms and the most viewed categories by women, lesbian steals the show, significantly outpacing the next term, lesbian scissoring and lesbian threesome. I feel like I'm narrating like a like a horse race, like up in the front. It's macaroni. Uh-huh. Um, lesbian scissoring and lesbian threesome occupy them in eight, oh wow in eight and thirteen positions, and stepmom and milf landed at nine and ten for most searched terms by women. And the top new term for 2018 for women was lesbian strap on. I feel like this mm. says. Sometimes women are really just getting sick of dudes. Um, Don't be offended if you're a dude. It's okay. Uh, The popularity of women with the ladies is not new. Last year, Vice showed the same trend, and it's been the same since Pornhub began analyzing women's porn habits back in 2014. Two explanations for this have been put forward by the sexual therapy psychologist and Pornhub Sexual Wellness Center director, Lori Batito. She points out that lesbian porn allows women, quote, to see acts they like to receive, which is why pussy licking is so popular last year licking pussy was 281 (laughs) percent more requested by women than men wow Mm -hmm. i get it well it's the same way that we like to uh fast forward through the blowjob scene i always fast forward yeah (laughs) i actually don't and it's funny because i prefer watching someone else do it but i like watching when the guy fucks the girl i i what i'm envisioning is uh sometimes i envision like my partner I'm with fucking somebody else, but most of the time I envision like I am getting fucked by that dick. You know, you sure. really, if you stare at something long enough, you can really convince yourself it's happening to you. Yeah. Um, looking at these statistics, one might think that bi-curious women are turning to porn sites for learning, ideas, confirmation, and inclusion. She said, Asian porn has always, or in any case since 2014, aroused the interest of women, but 2018 was a year where related terms were among the very most popular. Japanese, hententi, Hentai? Hentai. Hentai. Sorry, guys. I'm pronouncing that wrong. And Korean were respectfully the second, third, and fifth most sought-after terms. Interesting. Threesome was also among the most popular terms coming Among forth. women? Yeah. Or, really? This whole thing is about just women's preferences. Um, wow. Hmm. Damn. Pornhub's an anal- uh, analysis highlights a... Uh, peculiarity in women's preferences women are twice as likely as men to watch gangbangs i love gangbangs and double penetration but also twice as likely to watch romantic videos man see women are all over the board um and you know what about a romantic gangbang that's something that could probably happen maybe i don't know um you watch gangbang porn <coughs> absolutely not no 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 oh, so much fun no, no no i love like a group of guys waiting in line to bone a chick I don't Because I'm like That would be fun The most people I can do Is like threesome And usually if it's a threesome I'll do lesbian Because I don't like two I don't like two guys It just feels very aggressive to yeah. me Yeah Yeah Hey come see us live Um. Yes yeah, see us live We're going to be in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina At Good Nights Good nights. Good nights. Good night. Uh, Thursday, February 7th through Saturday, February 9th for five shows. Then we're headed to Portland, Oregon um, on Valentine's Day. 
for the Listen Up Podcast Festival, which we are headlining. That's going to be a live recording of Guys We Fucked, which is very rare. So come and see that. Spend Valentine's Day with us. And uh, don't be a sad bitch, as we always say. For more information on our touring, go to sorryaboutlastnightcomedy.com slash tours. And make sure to follow us on social media. I'm at Philanthropy Gal. I'm at Christina Hutch. Yes. Los Angeles, Wednesday, February 13th. I'm having my own show at the Belly Room in the Comedy Store on Sunset Boulevard. So ticket links for that can be found in the description of this podcast. That's going to be really fun. And then Saturday, February 23rd in New York City, Wendy Starling and I are co-hosting my birthday edition of Glamour Puss, which will be very fun and delightful. And then on Monday, February 25th, I'm going to be in Los Angeles. And uh, I don't know exactly where. I think there's going to be multiple shows, but I'm filming something. Um, and I really, really, really could use your support um, to come out for this because it's something important. And I will give you more information on that, either on the podcast, on social media, or both. So if you can come out, would really, really love to see you there. And then as always, I have my other pod- podcast, which is in an ironic uh, Justin Bieber celebrity podcast called Two Less Lonely Girls with Rosebud Baker. You can listen on itunes and spotify for free and then we also have videos of us on youtube if you like to watch someone talking into a microphone as my mother would say this show is sponsored by better help getting stuff off your chest is incredible it's so therapeutic we all carry around different stressors some of them are big some of them are small a lot of them are very big Uh, but we keep them bottled up and it could start affecting us negatively and then we act like a jerk to the people we love and we're like this is not how i want to be therapy has saved my life personally there are so many benefits of it it empowers you to be the best version of yourself and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma although if you have experienced major trauma highly recommend if you're thinking of starting therapy Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designated to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a questionnaire, and you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you could switch at any time. Finding a therapist is like dating. They're not all going to work out in the first try. BetterHelp understands that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash guys to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash guys. Guys, the weather's getting warmer. It's time to say goodbye to your jackets and all your sweaters, and you got to refresh your wardrobe. Well, luckily... I found Quince, and now you have too, because you're listening to this. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you go to their website, the amount of categories, they have travel, lookbooks, men, women, home, babies, and kids – Their stuff is so cute. So I own a couple items from Quince, and one of them is the Italian leather hand-woven crossbody purse in green, emerald, and I get compliments on it all the time. It's a small purse, which I really love because then I don't put as many things in it. Um, Guys, Quince is amazing. They have very luxury items for very cheap prices. Get warm weather ready, baby, with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash GWF for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash GWF to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash GWF. <laughs> How you doing? Good. Um, well, I just have the one personal thing I wanted to talk about specifically in this episode because we interview our guest this week who told me about these 
these particular meetings. Right. Um, because him and I have both, and a, most, honestly, most people, I think a TED Talk I watched was uh, saying that 75% of humans have experienced some type of uh, trauma in their childhood. And, and the way that that forms pathways in your brain and carves these grooves in your brain and uh, is one of the huge reasons why we repeat certain patterns from when we were children. And something that could have served us well as a defense mechanism as a child because, I mean, I'm going to use myself as an example. If mom's bipolar and you don't know what her mood's going to be, you're always on edge. So you're very comfortable in that fight or flight state, which is um, which is one of the reasons why boredom is one of the worst um, things that I can experience. I hate it. It's one of my biggest fears. Um, I didn't know this, but that is a that can be a side effect of somebody who suffered trauma in their childhood. Um, and so I've been going to meetings with the, the guest this week, Justin, and the organization is Adult Children of Alcoholics slash Dysfunctional Families. And it's really been incredible to the 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 setup of the meetings is they follow a similar 12-step program kind of like AA but uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of sharing and when you share they um, you're not allowed to interrupt anybody or reference what somebody said when you share you can volunteer to share you can pass and it's you know we read emails a lot on the podcast about people who've gone through some serious shit and I we always get feedback about how helpful that is whenever we have a guest talk about something serious and they're like after the interview they're like was that okay and we're like we promise you so many people are going to email us going this episode saved my life if it's something really traumatic and it was really nice to be in a room filled with people who um who have similar issues as i do um and it felt like you it really felt like you just weren't alone and i know that i'm very fortunate to have a voice that is heard by a lot of people so for me in these meetings i haven't said anything i've just listened but it resonates with me so much just hearing people's stories um and how the patterns that you didn't realize you formed pop up in your life. I've also reading this really amazing book. I talked about it um, a couple episodes ago in an ad read, but uh, The Body Keeps Score. Um, and it really helps me realize all the things I do in my life as a direct result from childhood trauma. Uh, and one of the things that they mentioned in this book is lusting after someone who's unavailable mm. um, is a lot of times something that someone who experienced childhood trauma would do and i thought that that was what's the reasoning um uh because um it's dangerous oh okay and i'm so comfortable with uh in dangerous situations i think i've talked about this before like mm. if someone's like getting the shit beat out of them on the street, i will <laughs> run towards it I, yeah. I i step up in a way that i'm not capable of stepping up for myself that way mm-hmm. but i can do it in other situations and i think being um you know being on the other end of the phone when your mom when you think your mom has just jumped in front of a moving train that I don't I I'll remember that day for as long as I live but I one of the things I remember about is I wasn't panicked I was like we're gonna figure this out it's gonna be okay and I I mean afterwards I was like oh my god that was the worst thing that's ever happened to me but um these meetings and the book has helped me take a step back and realize why the unhealthy habits in my life why I do them Mm -hmm. and it's really been um great because i instead of beating myself up and being ashamed of them i understand them which is feels like it's given me a voice um and then i see the pattern that i recreate um and sometimes i can't tell exactly where it came from but uh but i just know that i'm not doing this because i'm a crazy person and i'm not doing this sometimes i think to myself with the bad habits that i do i'm like well guess i'll just do this for the rest of my life and Mm. i won't figure it out and so these meetings have been really helpful in allowing me to stop judging myself self and shaming myself for my actions and 
I feel like I can be, I'm a little calmer and happier. So, um, yeah. And I think what we were unpacking last week a little bit was that I think it's more, I think it's more common to feel the way that you do than the way I do. And it's funny because I actually had, after you guys, I guess, went to one meeting together, I had dinner with Justin. um, And he wasn't talking about your, your stuff, of course. He was, he was just kind of, almost like quizzing me a little bit because uh, we're, fr- we're we're good friends for a, a long time, but not like, you know, super long, just a couple of years. Uh, and he was kind of telling me stories or things that he was going through that he was, you know, the re- in reasons why he was going to the, the meetings. Um, and I think really surprised by like my reactions or the way that I've handled, I guess, similar situations in my life, not trauma, but like how I, how I would react to something. Like there was a one instance where I was, we were talking about this girl who constantly uh, says like negative things and we were together one time and uh, I was, we were all taking a photo and we were all in bathing suits because it was during the summer and uh they're like they have like amazingly hot bodies and we all got together for a for a photo and i was like oh gosh this isn't gonna go great but whatever it doesn't matter like i am who i am so he took a photo and then the one girl goes oh corinne that doesn't look as bad as i thought it would would look and my reaction to that was to laugh (laughs) bitch what because it's such a crazy thing to say and obviously such a um like it's it just it shows me who she is it yeah. doesn't say anything about me. And Justin was just so surprised. He's like, he's like, logically, of course you're right. But he's like, I can't believe that that is your reaction is to laugh and not care. And I was like, but why would I care? I mean, it's not like the photograph is showing me a different picture. I know exactly what I look like. I mean, I don't, I don't have body dysmorphia, yeah. um, even though I joke about having it and thinking I look better than I do. You know, so it's <laughs> like, well, I don't, there's nothing. And, and I also just like anyone who you know has like social understands social norms and the way to uh conduct yourself in society knows that that's a crazy heinous thing to say yeah. and that you wouldn't say that to anybody right so um, like, you're saying it's it coming from goes, a place of hurt or whatever it goes you have a lot of things to work out in your life yeah considering you're well into your 30s and I'm so glad I'm not you. Yeah. Even if you do have a hotter body. So Justin and I talk about we've, uh, I feel like I understand <clears throat> the way his brain works because it's crazy how, like my best friend Melissa has been through childhood trauma and I get, I just, I, it's weird. It's like this, this weird language you can speak. But one of the things Justin and I always talk about is how <laughs> every time we meet, he'll just be like, Corinne is amazing. I'm like, I know she's so healthy. Like she just thinks logical. Like she just thinks logical and the emotions don't get in the ways. I think one of the things with trauma is you you confuse uh, confusing emotions as like logic. Like yeah. that because I, I am a very emotional person and well that's why you always defensive. say like feelings are in facts. You say it a lot to and I think to remind yourself. hundred oh, <laughs> percent I wanna get I wanna get a tattooed on my right. fucking forearm. Yeah. Um because I still it's still hard for me to dissociate that. But we're just like it is crazy how uncommon people like you are and how like how we're just so shocked by that and uh, like uh, thank god we have somebody in our lives who's fucking healthy yeah but uh, I was, just, I was a like, great well, example i was like don't worry about it though because i was just like i just don't relate to anyone and it's very lonely <laughs> i know that's what we were talking so it's too. like there's always a downside to something because like yeah. basically every episode we're interviewing someone and you're always like relating to them and i'm sitting here i'm like i mean i like your story but i don't relate to any of what, right. what you're talking about i yeah. hear it i can use it in life i can um use it to understand other people but as far as like ha- resonating with me personally pretty much 
much never and that's why i get really excited when i find someone who does yeah um so and then real quick we'll just uh do an email right we have time uh so this is from a listener a, a pretty new listener uh, the subject line is semi-rare sexual assault email from a man. From, oh, from man appears. Okay, cool. Uh, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm a newer fan, but actually have been very into the podcast and its healing powers. I think I had a firsthand experience that you have wondered about recently. By the way, this is not easy to share, but I trust you more than people I meet. And you may do good on some level with this information. To get straight to it, I sexually assaulted my longtime true friend slash crush in a weird night at my parents' house when I was 17. I think possibly it could give some insight into the guy's point of view in some small amount of total cases of sexual assault. This is as short as possible, the whole relevant story. We were both very high, and it was about my third or fourth time being high, but first time with edibles. We made something called firecrackers. We watched Memento together on a love seat. Then, as I remember, we kind of naturally went into the bedroom. She came over kind of late. I had no intention of her spending the night. It was just friends hanging out, but she knew I at least had liked her before. I remember her wanting to drive home, me saying, she probably shouldn't drive right now and at some point she said she has a boyfriend then definitely without any physical force next thing I can recall is that we are in my bed I think we talked a bit and went to sleep then I couldn't sleep never really have been good at that then at some point I awkwardly super creepily I imagine felt around her sensitive areas and believe I probably went to masturbate after that honestly not sure but I think probably so I had never been kissed never been to any base never had a proper girlfriend I am about five six with a nose I had to grow into ha huh. I had always been into one girl at a time for like years at a time being friend zoned never really dating them but I had a nice date with this girl last time I saw her I don't say those things as an excuse but as information for the mindset I had I was pretty sheltered and did not have uh, a nearly true understanding of the situation that was happening or women in general I'm sure I had a very brief and basic talk with my parents as well as my younger siblings and I had already figured most of it out on my own months went by without me feeling much of anything just kind of frozen in a way during which I also felt up a second girl this time under her clothes while we were drunk and sleeping on my tiny apartment bed with other people in the apartment none of which she knew this was a more date like scenario but again ended up far from an actual consented act then the first girl messaged me and said, I can't just pretend this didn't happen. I completely broke. I was slammed in the face by a metaphorical mattress made of the pain I had put her through, but I didn't let myself see it until she confirmed that it hurt her. We continued texting a bit. She said she forgave me and I ended up being able to feel all right about it maybe after a year, but never the same in the mirror. Then at some point a couple years later, she Snapchatted me something like you sexually assaulted me and then things about being the reason she hurts herself and stuff. Ever since then, I randomly just realized things that things from her perspective must have been just awful it was dark the whole time etc just the fact that it must have uh, felt so planned and thought out and manip- manipulative I think parts of it may have been heavily due to this feeling I had of finally making progress and just being so excited that I didn't accept some things that happened I've always been a sexual person and I knew I could find I could do fine if someone would just let me try, but it just wasn't happening. And I guess I tried to do something on my own, not even really acknowledging the other person as a person, which is so crazy Mm -hmm. to me now. But I think I was just kind of trying to experiment without bothering 
someone ideally, but ultimately looking past huge red flags. I have this feeling that the first girl saved maybe other people if I had stayed in that denial-ridden mindset. After going through some hard years and learning to forgive myself as much as possible, uh, I still haven't talked to her again. I dream of being able to talk about it and feel okay with her. It feels like a knot that needs to be untied. But I don't feel comfortable reaching out to her because, uh, yeah, but also I feel it's the only real sort of way to truly heal either of us. I type this now having a 16-month-old daughter and a beautiful, strong, smart, and pretty damn independent woman beside me who accepts me to the ends. I now have a completely different understanding of the situation that happened and thankfully I feel comfortable and safe about my behaviors now and even just being aware of putting myself in any sort of risky situations such as with drugs or something else but I still kind of live in fear of what could happen potentially regarding what I did and recent movements and such which I totally want to support but honestly feel strange and suspicious for doing so that was long but there's a lot of crucial info uh, and I'm definitely on the emotional side thanks for reading Uh, okay the rest is you know we don't don't have to do but anyway thank you for sharing that so that was interesting I think um, one of the one of the things I'm really glad this person felt comfortable to email us because and knew that we weren't going to be like I can't believe you fucking like you know this shit happens and I I've voiced this many times on the podcast I really have an uh, insatiable need to understand why and so that gave me personally a lot of insight and then I I remember um, I think we've had uh, talks about this on the podcast, but the term friend zone, people mm-hmm. have written about it and how it's a, a term that shouldn't be used. And I found this uh, while you were reading, I found this, um, it's a Vice article, but it, it covers the subject. When men use the term friend zone, they are explicitly attempting to shame women for hurting their feelings. Mm-hmm. Friend zone shames women for exercising their right to say no, just as slut shames women for exercising their right to say yes. And bitch attacks women for their right to call you on the, your horseshit. And I think that that is a huge underlying problem in all of this um, is the way uh, men Mm. are raised to feel entitled. I don't think that uh, you don't you don't come out of the womb entitled. You learn it. And so I feel like um, I feel like there's a lot of elements in society and people's upbringings that that kind of uh, uh, push men in that direction. Well, also the constant objectification of women. So it's like, you know, women like literally like breasts are like breasts and ass are like objects. They're not like parts of your body. Like you don't think about a penis the way you think about a breast. Like I would never go up and I would never even think or it would never even cross my mind to like grab some like a man's like dick um but i mean like even like i felt that way about breasts yeah even as a woman you're like oh like i've definitely asked like touch people's breasts like years ago and you're like because you think you can't you're like but but it's like no i mean like i've never grabbed it without asking um and truly i don't ask it i don't care if people ask me i would just say no yeah but you know people and you see like people people have grabbed my ass many times i've and i've witnessed a lot but not I even could, just people on the street fucking listeners of the podcast have yep. grabbed it in line at like uh, meet and greets and it's like yeah no and i don't yeah. care if you're a girl like gross get yeah. stop touching me i don't fucking know you mm-hmm. it's not appropriate <clears throat> yeah i think the pop the general population and it's not just men uh feel entitled to women's bodies because because of many reasons but you know fucking stop Yes. Um, so today's guest, uh, gosh, one of my favorite people. Uh, he's a celebrity dog trainer, but that's not why he's here. But I just like to say that because it's really cool. Uh, he's a stand-up comedian. He has two great podcasts. One is called No Disrespect with uh, Mike Vecchione, who you hear or also heard on the Guys We Fuck podcast, and then another one called Neurotica, which he is bringing back. I think it's on hiatus right now. Uh, he is yeah a very close friend of mine and just like a hot dude. I mean. Not 
not a credit, but he'll, he won't mind it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Justin Silver. We sit and we talk and I'm trying to know ya. Laughing and dancing, don't know if I want ya. Now I'm faking a smile, biting my lips to own ya. You know I've been here before, searching for hope, waiting around to find someone like you in the distance, someone who listens, someone who won't make me miss this. And I. With a commitment, show some forgiveness. So I'll put my best dress on. I'll play along. And you flash those pretty eyes, show me pretty lights in the Hi, we're here with Justin Silver. Hi, ladies. Hello, sir. <laughs> we got right into it on that one. Yeah. Right? yeah. What, we just all sat back. And yeah, we I all love were your sassy back. lean when you say my name. We're here with Justin Silver. Dicks got out. It. I'm so excited to be here with you girls. I was listening to with you women. It's okay. You <sighs> know, because I was like, I am not a girl. I was listening to oh, this. considerably older than us, so it's fine. All right, I always well, forget that. Now I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, you look fantastic. And also that only we'll makes stay. everyone wetter. Does How, it? Yeah, for sure. I love, yeah, <laughs> I love whatever the fuck is going on between oh, you me guys. And her? It's very fun, yeah. It's so fun. Yeah, it's fun. You know, she, Corinne's so the, funny about it. I love it. I was listening to Dan Soder's episode because I was just like on the on the Stairmaster and the treadmill today. Okay, oh, Stairmaster. Yeah, well, me and him have so many similarities, but I just love how you guys are just so open and welcoming. But, you know, I'm such a fan. You and I are new friends, Christina. Yes, we are, yeah. But me and Corinne, like, we've been We're cultivating. We've been cultivating. <laughs> This romantic friendship. Is that yeah, what we're calling it? Well, Corinne, is you have a lot of romantic it? friendships, and I always admire that. And whoa, this is whoa, certainly whoa, whoa, whoa. none as Who romantic as others? you. And you haven't had one in a while. I would say I only have one other one. I would say Jonesy. So I have one in LA and one in New York. Jonesy, you gotta have me? coast to coast, baby. Yeah, Jonesy, I would say is my romantic LA uh, people who I've never hooked up with, but there is. It's more. We're fun flirts. It's more than a friendship. Fun flirts. Yeah, we're fun like flirts. That. But I have so much respect for. Corinne as a podcaster because number one like she's been on both my podcasts and a lot of times when you have people who are good at their own podcast they hijack the shit out of your podcast oh yeah but she's not like that she's so generous in terms of being like she goes along with whatever you're doing so that's a, that's that's a great performance skill she gives and you space a great you, auditory performance skill and then I just have so much respect for you just in your comedy endeavors how you always seek to get better even though you guys have this built out audience you could just sit back and rest on your laurels you don't never and so I always sing your praises to people thanks and uh, and Christina I will be singing your praises as we get to know each other oh so. thanks I look forward to being this is my, my charming voice I like it you have a, you have a good you have a good <laughs> podcasting voice I like it is it good? Yeah. It's not too, it's not too <clears throat> Jewy, annoying. It's not too Jewy. I didn't even annoying. know you were Jewish. I mean, <laughs> everything about him freaks you. Oh really? my gosh, yes. Are you neurotic? Yeah. We- Yes, I'm so like, neurotic. He I has like, a podcast I like, about it. I have crazy OCD. Yeah. What's have, your thing? What's your? Uh, I get. I get. Well, now it's like I get these like obsessive thoughts, and my brain locks on things. But I know how to manage it really well, just because of like cognitive behavioral therapy. Oh, nice. But as a kid, it was like because I had so much trauma. I had so much trauma at a very, very young age, oh. which I'll get into with you guys. Which that's what yeah. I was saying. I was listening to Soda's episode. Me and him. At, me. All my friends have like the same story. Yeah. We all have like 
absentee fathers and then raised by all women like me dan jay so we all have like the same kind of mishigas going on in our head i dropped mm. a little yiddish for you Thank ah, you. you're welcome awesome. i know i know your listeners um in great neck appreciate a lot of yiddish, that yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> um no i have like crazy ocd so now no now it's like obsessive thoughts that i really have to work hard to manage mm. and the stage is a really great place to work that shit out yeah um because you can apply it for good. You know, it's like, yeah. my evil power, will I use my powers for good or evil? Like, right. I could sit there and, like, fucking do grout work till four o'clock in the morning. Or I could sit there and write jokes and do creative stuff and, like, podcast. But uh, when I was a kid, it was, like, it was like horrible, it was, like, horrible twitches and patterns and, like, tappings and things like that. Mm. Which is, like, you know, I learned later that it's so, it's your your brain, at a young, you're trying to distract yourself from the things that you can't protect yourself from when you're really young. And so your brain just goes into this mechanism and then, you know, through like re-traumas and re-traumas re as you get older and I've been through just so much fucking shit in my life at this point that it's like uh, you know it's just like the bone keeps breaking in the same spot and yeah. then you just learn how to manage it and I guess you learn to like accept yourself and love yourself and all that kind it's of stuff. It's scary to, to the cognitive therapy though is very helpful because you carve these pathways. Kids it's amazing to me how um, Neuro, children neurosynaptic can, pathway yeah. yeah yeah how yeah. children can go into survival mode without even knowing it yeah and using these mechanisms as a way to not feel the pain well they say like if you if you this is an interesting thing if you're they have this theory where they say um, it's safer to be a devil in a world of angels than an angel in a world of devils and what that means is that if a kid as a kid if you experience a lot of trauma a lot of time it's safer for that child to blame themselves and take it on themselves and think that they're bad rather than think that they're a good person in an evil world because mm -hmm. the latter is nothing that they can protect themselves from wow. so that's why the it's it dude that's the, the human so psychology true. is just it's unbelievable how advanced and how we don't like just what's going on in there on the subconscious level it blows my mind. Yeah. You're staring at me, haven't said a word. Are you falling in love right now? No, I was, okay, it's called listening. Oh, I don't know how to do that. Corinne's very good listener. I have to listen so I know what's a question to ask you next. Corinne's so good at so many things. She really is. <laughs> that sounded so fucking weird. Why? Because <laughs> it's definitely everyone thinks blowjobs. Um, Who thought oh, that in the room? I, 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 I didn't I think did. that. Everybody oh, knows did. we're platonic, really good friends, you know, unless... <laughs> would you, wait, would you it. ever do it or no? Platonic, is that weird I don't like good I, would I, I mean, I'll make out with her right here right now on this podcast you don't have to do that right now that's i don't think not, i will yeah but that's very howard stern save it for the party would you say save it for the party you don't have to i cherish right our now. friendship in a way where i kind of feel like that like we're better off like mm. as just kind of friends who like you know we, we, we I, just have tension because the tension can be grow. very fun <laughs> friends, who, friends grow. who grow you can grow me <laughs> well i was like you've grown me more than i've grown it's you. nice to have a friend you can grow you can consensually grow yeah. up each other i like that i like yeah. that vibe and but you'll never like i don't think i can't say never well, yeah, I guess. Oh, now so. it's changing. Oh, now you're falling in love. You can't say never to things. Mm. What if, like, listen? What if, like, you and I are like 85 years old? Oh. We're both not married, <laughs> and we're in the same old age home. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey. So this is like, how about we give it away? No, I'm just saying you can't say never. I'm not saying. Listen, we if could things be get really bleak. <laughs> <laughs> Justin will hit it. Nice. Thank you. He'll tap I'm that. just saying you can never say never. Thanks. You were thinking about the next question. Go ahead. I'm, well, so, I'm so down to answer all your questions. I was going to ask you, oh, yes. um, nice. for the OCD, what traumas were you protecting yourself from in your childhood? Oh, I was, my, my, my parents split really early. 
And when I was, and my dad remarried, and my mom was this very, my mom is such a, I was raised by, I was raised by four women, three women mostly, like my mom, my grandma, and my aunt, Mm -hmm. which was like, these women just nurtured me and surrounded me, and it was just like the safest space possible. And my grandma, who just passed away last week, it was like, and I'm glad she passed, because she was just sort of like, wanted to die at this point. Yeah, Yeah, I think more suffering emotionally than she was physically, that was the problem, but then she like fell down, and I was like, if they get her out, like she fell down, it was one of these things where it's like, it, she's gonna go to a rehab and now if she goes back to home, it's like, how long is it gonna be until she falls down again? She's like, I just wanna die at this point. This is like a Holocaust surviving woman. Wow. She came home when she was 17 with dinner on the table and her family murdered. <gasps> oh my God. Went through the Holocaust. My grandfather, the same thing. They fell in love in uh, my in grand- a camp. No, my grandfather freed her from a camp. Oh my God. Then they fall in love, come to America with absolutely nothing, raise my mother, my uncle, and my aunt. My mother is grows up poor and then has an art talent and becomes a fashion designer and makes herself wealthy by the time she's in her mid-30s with a son, me, who is a emotional lunatic that she raised from the age of like 24. So my mother is like a strong woman. My aunt, I'm raised by these like strong women. And your grandmother. My grandma's unreal. She's unreal. So I'm raised by these like real, and then I have two sisters. Well, they're my cousins, but we grew up in the same house. So So I have like all these, then you have my dad's side of the family who, and my dad passed away like last year. I don't want to like shut on him too much, but my, it was like my dad lived in Manhattan, which as a young kid was like 14th street. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it's like, geez. you know, like 14th Street is still kind of a shithole. Yeah. So this is like in the 70s. So it's like 14th Street was fucking horrible and it was overwhelming just and it needles was scary. Needles Square Park. It was, it was like, it was like a scary place. The city just, it overwhelmed and scared me. Like Forest Hills, Queens is like a lot. It's like, a, you know, like a Russian Jew neighborhood. It was yeah. just like, it felt safe. So I had these like two separate worlds and there was my stepmother who was like very sexy and loud. Oh, that's odd. Well, I'll tell you, very like sexy and loud and like inappropriate with me. So she fondled you, she diddled you? Yeah. Tickle your balls? And it was interesting. What'd she do? She would like, she would like walk around pretty exposed and then like, like I was- Kitty out or pussy out? Uh, like a lot of a lot of like bra and panties, but like, would like, and I was confused by it and then she'd like yell at me for like looking. Oh, and I God. was like, this is, and I didn't know, and I started feeling guilty, and then, and then, in like bathtubs, there were like things that just made me uncomfortable. Like she would put her hand in your bath, <laughs> or yeah, but like you just I, grabbed your own crotch when you said that. Was that on purpose? Yeah, like to I'm, show us? I'm showing you. You know, she like, was real po- hot. Karen. This is a, a podcast. You know that, right? So it was yes. So it was like so there was just off. like there was just like enough inappropriate shit where I was like, this is like not a safe person. And at night. I was like terrified of the dark. They would keep me on the couch. Like I never had like a room. Oh. And like in New York City, like the sirens are going off and I would like, I'd be terrified of the, I was terrified of the dark. Mm. And I'd be, and I'd kind of want to go in and ask my dad if I could be like, and I'm like, I think I'm like four. And like four? Yeah. You were that young. I, I, I remember, these are sort of my first childhood memories of like trauma. So I think, I think I was, I'm, I'm remembering the pictures of those times and it's me like sitting on a mailbox. Actually, wait a second here. It's this age right here because I just told you, I said that my grandma passed away. We were looking at pictures of the photo albums. Okay. 
So this is a picture of how old it's you- here. Oh my god! Oh yeah, you're, you're a, a little, baby. You're a toddler. Yeah. So you can't be more than four in that picture. Yeah. I would, yeah. How cute though. Very cute. I mean, honestly, Aww. Justin, I. Have this to sh- is what our babies are gonna look no, like. No, no, no. This is crazy. <laughs> I have to show you a picture of me when I was four because we kind of look alike. Whoa. Like I had the same like I mean same skin tone, same haircut. Yeah. Like we look alike. That's weird. Mm. Man, your baby's gonna need glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so no, so so I just where, where were we on the story? Wait. Well, oh, wait. You this, were getting your touched. stepmother was was being inappropriate to you when you were that young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. So it was a, so it was what? like you know, you know. So then I remember like I would want to knock on his door to ask if I could like sleep in the bedroom with him or come in, and he would scream at me. And I remember feeling so overwhelmed by that. Like I remember, and then like and then you I just had my needed comfort. I need. I just needed comfort. Like this is this this is like the story of my life. Like I just needed comfort. And then as and then and this just kept going and going. Later into my life, my dad like made a lot of money. They got a house in Westchester, and like I was upstairs in the attic like farthest away from her as possible farthest away as possible and my brothers had like their own rooms with like alex and noah like written were they her kids yes okay alex like you know with the crayon letters on the walls and all that kind of stuff and i just had like this extra room with like the attic nothing was mine like my backpack like whatever i had was the backpack my mom packed me with and at night i would get like fucking terrified and i'd want to go down and like knock on the door and be like hey i just can i just sleep at least Comfort in the room me. Like, i'm a child and i would get fucking screamed at and i remember <sighs> when i would start these patterns started developing my head like and i the pattern was like one two two one two and i would start like tapping and knocking and making these noises and i talk about this in my act because yeah. it actually became the thing that like it actually became the thing that like spurred me into doing truthful comedy because I started to realize like this shit's actually fun. Like when you're really being honest and truthful and you've healed from these things, like yeah. comedy is like this conduit toward healing. It's your, orgasmic it's to turn it into, into comedy. It's so healing. Every tragedy is like, I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Give me six months on this. Yeah. So I remember I had this, like I would do this like, <laughs> like I would do these Aww. beeping and pattern and I would do these like, twi- and I was like, they would make fun of me. Like there's like tree frogs loose in the house. And it's like nothing, even like that, was not like hey it wasn't like hey what's wrong they would like make fun of me for that shit yeah it wasn't like a wake up call like mm, maybe we should take our you know kid to the doctor to because therapy. this is weird my mom was incredibly nurturing but at the same time like she was like my mom's like nuts she's like kind of she was like a really she was like you know like when you have like the 80s leather shoulder pads like working woman like that yeah, kind of thing yeah, like yeah. my mom was that woman, woman who was like running clothing Your mom companies was Christina Applegate and don't tell mom the babysitter's dead thank you <laughs> So had, did you so, at this point confide in in your, with my your mother, mother or your father that my mother constantly and she would I think she always wanted me to like have my father be a presence in my life but I don't think she realized like how fucking abusive how abusive it was and I don't and I don't and my dad was a drinker and I think you know me and my stepmother we've meant like you know I know she loves me now but it's like I'm still never going to be like my heart's never opening up to this woman the way that it'll she be to my mother that, yeah. no and I don't give a and um and. When I was like, and I just sent you that picture. I showed mm-hmm. you that. I sent you that picture from me at boarding school. When I was like 15, I was such a fuck up in school. And I always had this artistic ability. I was like a, a fine artist. So my mother was like, listen, I don't give a shit. I don't, like, she was so on my side. She's like reading, writing, all these. She's like, I don't care. She's like, all I want you to do is draw as much as possible. That is going to be the thing that's going to carry you through life the way it would for me. Now, she's also codependent. So I realized like when she was doing my homework for me, like I needed a male figure in the house. I had no balance. So I needed a male figure in the house to kind of balance out like, hey, like you do need structure here. Like you need to be nurtured with one hand, disciplined, disciplined with the other. Exactly. 
but so I didn't have that discipline. And so it was, I was such a lunatic. Like it was just, I was confused. I didn't understand like sitting still in classroom for six hours. I was like, that is not happening. And I almost had this permission from my mother. Who's going to be like, listen, I don't give a shit if he does, if he sits still or he doesn't like, as long as he's drawing, that's going to be the thing that sort of carry him. And it did for a while, but at one, it got so bad at the point of like, I got accepted to art and design. Um, specialty school, which mm-hmm. is on 50th Street for, for drawing. Wow. And I didn't go to school for 50 days. And my mother was like, here's it. And my dad was not going to step in. Like, I'd be like, can I live with dad? Can what I were you li-? doing? You were just staying at home? I would I would go on the bus. No, it wasn't so. I would go on the bus and then I'd like smoke. It's like the fame school, but for drawing. Oh, so okay. Yeah, I went to but you like. you couldn't go to, like school was in session, but you chose not to go? I'm, that- I was just like not going to go to class. Okay, got and it. And I was like, and I was like, and who's going to make me do this? Mm-hmm. Like there mm-hmm. was like, and I wasn't a bad kid. Like I wasn't, I was just a fucking troubled and confused lost kid. And then like. With no and then tools I w- in your toolbox to do No tools it. in my toolbox. And it was also Manhattan. So it was like, listen, Jeez, we would go, yeah. we would go to like the sheep's meadow, smoke pot all day. I would go to like, like the thing, like I was going to the limelight at 16, at 15. Whoa, 17, you went to the limelight? At like Damn. 17. So it was like, so I would smoke. And then my mother was like, listen, we're going to, there's this boarding school that we're going to take you to. And it was like this therapeutic boarding school, which was basically like, it was, they, they called it for gifted underachievers. And here's what it really was. It was like a paid for half, I want to say like a, like juvie. But what they didn't know is that Scared they didn't. Straight, yeah. They they practice humiliation therapy on you. Oh my god! And they they had these parent meetings where they would sort of brainwash your parents into thinking that you were doing all that you were telling your parents these lies about what was going on there. But there was like, and nothing happened to me. There was like a ton of sexual abuse that was going on there. There really? was like the punishments that they would do for you were like so fucking extreme. I remember the first we would do this thing where you couldn't ever leave hand space. Like you couldn't ever leave lead arm leave arms distance from another kid in your bunk. Like three people had to always be within arm's distance. Why? So I have no idea. So if so you, you left arm's distance, they would call you handheld. So now you and the what? people in your, yeah, you and the other two boys in your dorm had to hold hands to go to the bathroom, then hold hands to go back. Now, if you broke that, meaning if you opened hands, you would be what was called amoeba, which means now you're in a circle together. And then if you broke those things, they would they put- They got to jerk each other off or yeah, blow exactly. each other. They would put so many restrictions on what you could do that it would just like the punishments would get worse and worse and worse so, to the point where I ran away from this place four times before I actually like got out and like was away. What kind of sexual abuse did you witness? I, a lot. Really? Yeah. Like, what, this place male, doesn't exist male anymore. No, but it got, kid, it, got shut, it got shut down on 47 counts. Look, look it up. It's called the DeSisto School. When the guy the died, DeSisto I threw- Yeah. It got shut down on 47 Fuck. counts of child abuse, but- for one year in in the one year that they decided to finally do it it was 47 counts but who knows what happened over the 20 years that place had been in existence oh my Shit. well yeah he it sounds like he opened this so he could touch kids yeah was and he that, doing it where it was yeah staff yeah, doing yeah, it? yeah definitely and i never like you know the funny thing is like my i still am best friends with the friends that i made there because we all ran away from school together and the cool thing is like but there's like there's like good parts of this story where it's almost like well here's some of the weird shit like uh i saw a lot of stuff um, but at the same time, like I remember my first girlfriend, she was this girl, Carrie, she's passed away now cause she had diabetes. She, it was like the first time I ever felt like young love. And I snuck out to like go make out with her and like feel her up behind this like school building. <laughs> 
and it was in the snow. And so they saw the footprints in the snow. And then what happened was the whole dorm got like punished for a month. And the way they would punish you was they put me and her in a dorm together where we were not allowed to look at each other speak we couldn't have eye contact or so anything somebody was monitoring this so we were monitored all the time on and a camera or somebody was in there no, there's people's in the room so <sighs> there so it was like you're not allowed to look at each other or talk to each other so i could be like so we'd be cooking i'd be like can someone please tell carrie to pass the pot so you understand yeah so these were so like my so the first time i ever like made out with a chick or like it was like this is what happened afterwards and everybody else got punished you had to deal with that and then the rest because of the school, of your actions right right they got punished for like a month and a half it was called farmed they would put you on this place where it was like literally like a working farm where you would like chop wood all day oh so that's what we God, were so, this is, so then so this is the kind of shit that would happen in my life which is now like funny and i'm surprised like i'm surprised i'm as fu- high functioning as i am i am too i'm pretty high functioning you yeah, really you've had are a really successful life so far i have you're I've, a maniac but i get but it no shit a charming one though i can't believe you don't you're not shooting up or like fucking i don't know yeah that's I insane say, well, i have this like good heart you know the funny thing is is like you know i do all the work with animals like funny for fido and all oh, the charity work and yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's You're Corinne's porn. Can you just just <laughs> Justin helping a puppy cross lo- the street. Oh, I, oh when I po- when the I post the first time pic- I met you in real life, I was like, I knew you were friends with like the Legion of Skanks people, so I was like, mm, I don't know how this is gonna go. But then I, I <laughs> they re- haze me as much as they haze you. No, I know. And then I realized that you were different, and I was like, oh god, I was like, this is, I was like a, a little dreamboat, a Jew with abs and yeah. who loves dogs and is funny. I mean, this is a real and who looks a little drugged out in the face, but doesn't have a, like a fun way. Doesn't have mm-hmm. an like a James Franco way problem. Like yeah. that's kind well, of not my thing. Right. Well, not today. But has yeah. 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 I had in the I past. know. Believe me, that's on my list of pros. <laughs> oh yeah. You need, I have a type. Uh, yeah. Oh she no, does. no, I get it. You need someone that's like ha- ha- has enough breaks in their bones so they have the same texture as you do, so you can relate on a certain level like that. that no, 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 no. I know. I had a, re- a really uh, easy life uh, before well, until I moved to New York by myself. Um, so Fuck. I need a lot of like dysfunction from my partner. Got it. All right. Well, I'm here for you. I love. Oh, that's I love why. That's another reason I'm why we work together. Well. Um, you seem like you might be. No, but here's it. But the cool, but the cool thing is like I have so many great friends from that place, and then like this is interesting. Like the first girl that I like, there was this girl Lucy Benito, who she's married with kids now. I love her to death. She had this beautiful curly hair. It was the first time I realized that I was like, holy shit, like a woman's ass. I was like, what the first? I, I, oh, I did, forgot this I, about I, you. Yeah, she had like this bubble butt, and I was mm. just like. This woman's ad. Oh wait, wait, wait. Let me rewind. I was saying the reason. <laughs> wait, the reason I'm. The reason my whole thing with dogs. Yeah. Is that my mom has always said she's like the reason you do all this work with dogs is like you're always trying. She's like, you know how they say you treat animals the way you want to be treated. She's like you're always trying to like save and heal and fix things. You know Aww. what I mean? So where some people go one way where they become like criminals as mm-hmm. they should be, or other, an abuser themselves. Or, yeah, yeah, they become well, an abuser. Criminal, yeah. No, that's very very good point. They become an abuser. It's like the opposite for me. It's like everything resonated in sort of like a sensitivity and like Aww. a sort of like a you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, have like a, I have a heart. I have a big heart. Yeah, oh, I thought it would be because people let people let you down. So you're like animals haven't let me down. That's an interesting point because so many people in the animal community I find to be so intolerable because it's mm. like they don't have the, the half the reason I do funny for Fido is because I'm like do you know how to communicate with people and like get some funding for yourself like, right. where's your fucking people skills yeah you know so but I remember the there was this girl Lucy Benito there she had this like beautiful curly hair and she had like it was the first bubble butt 
And when we broke out of school together, never forget and your like, first bubble butt. Never forget your first bubble butt. We broke out of school together, and it was like twenty of us like left the school, and we left actually like in robes because they did this one punishment where it's like if they think you're gonna run away, they take all your clothing away. But we we're like, oh fuck my this. god, we were like, fuck this. We ran up this mountain in like robes, like we hid, like we hid in the woods, and it was like kind of cool and adventurous in a way. Yeah. We, we hid in the woods, and then we went back at night, got our clothes back. And did like, you have I, shoes on? I had shoes on. Okay, we stole shoes, but wow. um, but it was like, uh, and then I was like. I was like on the road kind of like in I ended up in like DC for a little while and my mom is like such the type of person she was like if I call my mom no matter what that school said I was like mom I'm on the road like the, here's the deal it's either this or you take me home she'd be like baby come home you know Aww, like my yeah. mother loves me to death and then she became actually the one who was like while while that school was still convincing all the parents of all my best friends to like not take them in <gasps> my house Jesus. is where they would stay and they mm. so my mother is like everybody loves my An mom. Angel. My mom. Everyone loves my mom. My best Jesse, Mike, Drew. These guys are like you know some of them are successful, some of them are a little fucked up, but they're all like good dudes. Right. Yeah. But everybody's like, how are you? How's your mom? Type of you know, how's your mother? Like tell your mother hello for me. Tell your mother hello for me. That's yeah. what I was doing. But Lucy, I remember she had this like she had this like, like it was the first like body that I fell in love with, and she had these like perky little tits and this bubble butt. And when after that school, I was like she was like my dream girl and she would always come over for like dinner to my mom's house and my mother would just see how I would get like when look when she she would answer the phone it was like that first just like rush of tingles that just like goes through you you know like when when someone's like when someone's name is like written on the chemicals in your body yeah you know what I'm saying yes. she was the first what a romantic sentence she was the first one like that mm -hmm. and I remember like I would even sleep over her house like her mom was cool and we would like make out and she had like this like you know she she had like money in Jersey and she had like tapestries and would light a candle and play like Ani DeFranco and all this like like Aww. like like Tori Amos like chick rock yeah. and like we would just go into this like it was like a dream come true just being with her yeah and then we dated for a year for two years we lived together that broke off but it was like my first memories of real love it's like she is my first absolute love and it's like the first time she's not the first she's not who i lost my virginity to but she might as well have been it was like the first time you're learning like a woman's body and you realize like how to make them orgasm and then and you like you're learning the technique of how to do that for the first time because they're leading not leading you through like hey little boy let me show you how to but it's right. like you're learning how you're to like step mom you're learning it. that move of how to like you know like a woman you have to go up so like where their clitoris is. it's not you like you can feel when a woman's aroused and when she's not aroused so reading a woman's body via touch is a very important skill i just yeah and i just remember we had this like she had this apartment on the lower east side where it's like the candles would light and like the lovemaking sessions would start and i was like oh. i could go i could go back to that shit i could close my eyes and go back to that and i oh. swear to god i get this like it like rushes through me yeah and it's like that and that and she set the standard i was like all right this is what this is what like being in love and lust and have that all enmeshed this is what that feels like and it was like you know and i've had a bunch of those like later in life like i've had I mean, I don't know if I could count this last one. I'm still processing like this weird breakup, which I can't get too into detail about. But like, there's been significant women in my life where I was like, these are great, great women. These are like great, like love and sexual experiences. But like, it was like, I would that wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have gone through what I went through, you know, what I went through with that place. And it was like, in a way, it bonded me with those people. And it's like, all the, once traumas have healed, they they really do become strengths in your life. I think too many of them, you really become a fuck up. But it depends, like, it depends, like, where your moral and emotional compass goes. Yeah. 
you know mm-hmm. yeah where what what is your instinct what are your instincts with yeah. guidance or when you uh, paying attention to your feelings that was yeah. something that i had to learn how to do because a lot of times childhood trauma teaches you to not listen to what you feel about something you just go off of everybody else and that's a really hard one to fucking rewire can i tell you i'm dealing with that right now i just went through this i just went through this thing with this woman and I, i'm not going to get too into detail about it right now because it's still fresh just out of respect for like you yeah. know it's not like you guys have 19 listeners here like you know what i mean <clears throat> Thanks, Justin. But you're welcome. <laughs> Out of respect for her, but, but this one was like this one was like super traumatic and super deep and like very very intense. And it was the relationship like, or the person. The relationship and uh, as I'm as we're breaking it off, like all that codependent crazy shit happened. I was but like, you're super intense too. I'm very intense. Yeah. So two intense people together is probably like two pfft. intense people together. I realized like I want intensity in one place. Like next relationship, I want intensity in one place. I want it in the bedroom. I was gonna say, I was like, do you know where it is, or just anywhere? Yeah. Where's the place? <laughs> I want it I'm in the 49th kitchen. Forty and eighth. I want this chick. I, no, I want it. I want it in the bedroom. That's where yeah. I want. I want. I need intensity, like in the bedroom. But I. Yeah. Real, but I was like, it's like you. I realized like, uh, like we all have like this little kid inside that know. Like you feel like I. What a lot of times what I do is like I don't trust those instincts. I try to like overpower them and overcome them via like let me expose myself to this thing that's triggering and then I'll overcome it that way. And I'm like no 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 and like here you are again trying to heal those relationships of like through yep. a fucking person and yep. again. I'm like and then and it's and you invite the pattern in again. You do you invite, invite it. it. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy you, to look back and go oh shit I was just. I was just grabbing onto the same fucking trauma in a different person. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how it's like until like you will keep the same shit will come up, come up, come Mm -hmm. up until you. And I'm like, oh, my God, I realized why this came into my life. Like, there's a reason for this. Like, on my end of it, I'm like, pick a street now. And I was like, oh, it's time to like put the it's time to deal with these like. It's time to like deal with these old things. It's trying to finally like break get over this one. Too. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever so, feel an emotional attachment to a pattern before you break it, even though you know it's not healthy? So, uh, give me an example of that. So, like, um, uh, like I, one thing I do is I always put, like, if I'm dating somebody or one thing I used to do, I'm trying to break that, putting their needs first and not even listening to myself. Yes. And it's like it almost makes me uncomfortable putting. It makes me like sad to put my needs first. I don't know why. Yeah, because you feel like yeah, you feel like you're being selfish and it's yeah, uh, yeah, all those things. You know what's interesting? Yeah, but maybe not that specific one. But I always feel like, um, like it's my job to rescue people. Is yeah. what you're talking about. You're yeah. talking about like a small form of a rescue. It's so interesting. Rosebud mm. was like, I called her because I, I have so many good female friends. I think it's because I was raised by women. Like I just get on with women well. I did, yeah. Like I'm like, oh, they'll let me talk forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I put the bedroom's eyes on them, they're going to let me talk even longer. <laughs> oh God, giving away all your <laughs> flesh and testicle and then I get to the therapy. <laughs> no, but I was. she's like, Justin, you should, you should read Codependent No More. And so she gave me, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, I should." Listen. And I always like to listen to stuff on. I like listen to books on tape on oh, YouTube. Oh, audiobooks save me. Oh, oh YouTube. Okay, I yeah. I on YouTube, and I was like, "Oh, this, yeah, you should <laughs> definitely." That's Rose, like the book. Rosebud told me yeah, about that's it, and the I was book. like, "Oh, this is perfect." It's just like it explains so many patterns that we have. People what, like what's something you learned from there? Just because you know I'm a little codependent, too, so I'm trying to trying to break something that I one. learned on that one. Yeah, I learned how there's or something a lot, that's helped. Well, this you. is the one that was interesting. I learned that like you know you all, and I kind of know this like that little gut feeling that you have is like that little kid is like sort of screaming in there for all of us it's like and if you don't and i'm like and everyone has that too everyone has it and if someone like said someone's like oh he's talking about the inner child what like shut up 
Yes. But yes. Like real I men. I like that you're fighting the audience. <laughs> no, no. I'm talking about. Well, that's an example of having a never a child that like you punch each other. Yeah. Real men. Like real men are fucking in touch, dude. I have like, I have so many guy friends. Like the, the vulnerability. So many of like my, the strongest, most masculine men I know. From dudes like Dante. Yeah. Who's like, you know, all right, here's this guy who's like 350 pounds with a bone. Who's like, the concept of getting mugged is like not something that could ever run through. He's like. <laughs> he has a Hummer with his face on it. We have vulnerable conversations that I was like, I've cried, like we've cried on the phone together. <sighs> I love that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I'm a masculine man. It's like, but I you're just, in touch with your feelings. Yeah. That's the most, that is so powerful and it's sexy and it's, it makes me so happy that men like that exist. Oh, yeah, they Seriously, do. A lot of them do. Yeah. They, but what I learned from that, I was like, I was like, when that little voice is like, when that little voice has that little pang of discomfort, I, you have to pay attention to that. And for me, it's like what ends up happening is I ignore it, I ignore it, I ignore it because I'm like, oh, not, let me just like motor my way through this. It's almost like you have like, you have like, there's the fear of that so you put some like social mask on, like the overcompensating. Like you have your oh, laundry yeah. list of behaviors <laughs> and then you have the subsequent laundry list that is the reaction to the initial one. So yep. it's like, it's like so, here, perfect example. Like here, I'll be as, I'll be honest as possible. Like, me with my shirt off on a podcast is like you know it's it's like I'm how I'm how I overcompensate for that yeah like my body is one of two things number one it's like a defense mechanism because I don't want people to think I'm like small and weak right and the second place it's like it's kind of like a sanctuary it's like being physical and working out is like the place I go to like get in touch with myself so what I learned is like if you don't listen to that initial voice you end up going to that secondary list of habits and behaviors mm. and those are going to fail you Always. That ego is going to fucking fail you. Mm -hmm. And when it does fail you, you always come back to that little kid who's like, it's, I, this is good. I mean, I don't mean to get too therapeutic. It's like, oh my God, there I am, that little kid who was knocking on that door to be like, hey, daddy, can I sleep in the room with you? Yep. And like, I did the same fucking thing my parents did. Mm -hmm. And what I learned from this last relationship, I was like, dude, you ignored your instincts. And I'm like, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Oh, my therapist is that made too, me. Is that too much? No, no my no, therapist no. made me imagine no. myself as a four-year-old because I have this one home video of myself where I was the cutest fucking kid in my little ballet outfit, and like I was just like melting into love because I just loved my parents. And uh, my therapist made me like? close my eyes. <laughs> and well, my mom's bipolar, and my dad, my dad, my amazing. Both right. my parents are, but it was. I'm teasing. I know, I know. And I was like, uh, also, who loves their mom more than you? I saw that fucking yeah. Mother's Day post, Justin. It's burned <laughs> in my goddamn brain. She's an angel. My my, my therapist made me talk to like envision myself as a four-year-old and talk to her and I just sat in silence for a long time and she's like what would you say and I was like I would tell her that she's not the mommy and I just I can't even say it without like crying go ahead I, it was it out, so baby. like it, it solved so it answered so many questions yeah. I had about myself and every time I go into an unhealthy behavior, I can really take a second and think, which is my problem, I don't do that, and go, where is this voice coming from? Is that the little kid like begging to survive? Yeah. Or is that the adult you, the manager, the the, the responsible person? And now I can identify it and yeah. shit's just changed, man. Like my life's gotten so much better ever yeah. since you can you can you can tell the two apart. And, and tell the little girl to be like, it's okay. You don't have to be scared. I got this. Like, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to actually say that to your inner child. Oh, I did the same thing. I was like, I was putting my hand on my, because I've been going through like a really, really hard time with this thing. Like, I, I broke up with this person who's like, I'm going to, like, I'm going to lead how much I talk about that. I broke up with this person <laughs> who 
like is in like sort of what I felt is like a really unhealthy life and I realize I expose myself to it and the part of me that like wants to take like the rescue and take care of and like save mm-hmm. her and then like it's almost like when I was a little kid I used to see homeless people on the street and I'd start crying and I used to make my mom give them money and it was like I'm like Justin like it's all like it's all you trying to fix yourself and I was like dude I, I was sitting there the other night this is the craziest thing and I was thinking about this person and I said and I was like and I'm like, they're probably not even feeling half as much of the anxiety about the situation that they're in that you're feeling in your body. I'm like, where do you feel this? I'm like, you don't feel it. You don't. You're not. You don't experience it in them. You yeah. experience your pain over them in you. And I'm like, right. I'm the one having those feelings. And I'm like, where do you feel it? And I was like, and it felt like this fucking aching hole, like right here in the in pit the of my stomach. Right oh, in the middle yeah. of my stomach. And I put my hand there That's and I was right. like, and I never, years go by without me crying. Like years go by. And it had been, I think the last time I cried was a little bit for a moment, like for a moment, like a, uh, like that long. Yeah. When my dad died in the hospital just because I was so fucking, but it was more like I was angry that our, li- our, our, our life had gone by with so much, so much like, gaps in it yeah and that was almost two years ago and before that i can't even remember and i like just put my hand on my chest i just started like crying for the first time and i was just like i was like oh like these like these things are all it's like it's your own wholeness you're being shown your own sort of path to wholeness Mm -hmm. and i was thinking about like the next relationship i'm in i'm like i have to be with someone like i don't want to be with someone who's like all good because i'm not all good i need somebody who's like identifies like like my sisters are always trying to hook me up with their like jappy long island like jewish princesses and i'm like i'm not i don't get on i don't know people like that they don't resonate you need more substance yeah i need more substance i need some like breaks like you have to have like i need someone who's like been fucked up but like but working on themselves because the beauty of a relationship is like the relationship triggers stuff and then the two of you are gonna like use that as the conduit to be like let's work through this so like i'm more whole you're more whole the relationship's more whole yeah and you can't do that with someone who's like not willing to look at themselves and you almost have to like carry them through it doesn't work like yeah they have to be there's got to be this like back and forth of like emotional support in a you have to have like support in that way yeah you can't do that shit alone you're a team yes yeah but i need somebody who's like i need somebody who's like fucked up to uh, fucked up enough to be in therapy but makes like but keeps their appointment. Yeah. Right, but yeah, are, yeah. Are you afraid to be with someone who's like not broken because like they they won't like you or they'll see you as broken? No, no. Th- let me tell you something. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. That's why like in these last relationships, it's like oh I need to be. But right. I realized I'm not that broken mm-hmm. because every time I find someone who's that broken, I'm like. No, my shit's way too together for this person. Well, and no matter what mm. happened, you've had you've had too much. I mean, people listening don't, but like you know, Justin is is a comedian now, but like he's also like a celebrity dog trainer. Has yeah. had a TV oh, yeah, show, I that. like yeah, Probably, like, like the book, yeah. like friends with celebrities, been invited to celebrities' houses to train their dogs, like what? traveled cool. around the world. Like, I mean, this is obviously one of the many reasons I love you. You know, must love yeah. dogs, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, and so you, I, I just not possible to have especially a career like that where you were truly like the head of yeah. you know your own kind of company and brand that was you yeah, 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 yeah. it's not possible if you hadn't gotten your shit together but i didn't but here's the thing is like what i realized is like there's like a there's an aspect of like low self-esteem that i wasn't addressing where i was like yeah. you don't like you're not valuing yourself the way first of all like when you say that i get like a little eh. 
Like I get meekish. Like which I think there's like it's nice to not like I was confusing arrogance with humility, mm-hmm. right? Like it's like it's you saying that I'm like yes I own that and I should own it and it's like a gift that I've been that like that like like. I don't want to say God like that a higher power has worked through me as a conduit to like helping yeah. other people like that's a fucking it's beautiful such thing a gift. we were we were such eating outside in Chelsea everyone's fucking and their dogs coming over to you yes. like it was really sweet it's Aww. really cool yeah so like but I was realizing I was like dude by look by still seeing yourself as like sort of a broken person you're devaluing like how wonderful you are as a person and i'm not trying to and it's like it's kind of you know you don't want to be like hey i'm mr wonderful like i'm not saying it in that way but i'm saying it like is a true testimony to like sort of recognizing my own value and for a long time because of like you know comedy like i had my own i wrote directed produced a show that landed on cbs it didn't get picked up for a second season i was in la trying to figure my shit out came back to new york had to start over with comedy my best friends, like Dan and Jay, sort of like, they were like, listen, buddy, like, we'll, we'll help you as much as possible, but you still have the 15 minutes of comedy you had here. And now yeah. here we are, like, two, and I was feeling like, and financially, the hit that I took, and I was feeling like, God damn it, was I feeling like low and behind, and I was like, shit, I can't get into a relationship with a woman until I have, like, all these ducks in a row, because, you know, w- w- like, You're not good g- for yourself, you can't be good for another person. I, I, no, I, I felt like I wasn't good enough, like, on paper at that time, and, like, uh, now part of it was like i just needed enough ground under my like momentum where it's like i have that now like i'm headlining and you know i have like all my stuff is like bad like i love the podcast i do with mike like i feel like i'm in like this creative flow right now but i realized like i don't want a chick who's like well show me the money first and then you like your bank account has to qualify for me to be here right and i didn't realize that until like maybe like a year ago Right. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to just start giving different people a chance. But I was like, it's sort of like my, my, my own, like, my, my, myself is like myself, the growth of my self esteem has never been linear. Dude, you have higher value. And so it's like, we, it's like at this point, I kind of feel like, even though, like, I feel like sort of heartbroken, a little fucked up, like, cause, you know, there's just sort of, there's the resonance of after you it's go through gonna something. It's going to happen no matter what. Yeah. I kind of feel like, I feel like my shit's like I feel good yeah. about myself. I've had a couple I breakups feel good about before. Yeah, where it's like you're battling the loss and feeling upset over the loss, but then deep down in your gut, it's always like a feeling like right here, you know that this is a blessing that you've yeah. de- you've parted ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like definitely. So like in a weird way, like even though like I feel humility is so interesting because it is a way of like what it does is it cuts away at your ego bullshit, which is like it cuts away at the false self and you end up feeling just like, it's like the end of Jerry Maguire or something <laughs> like that. It's like, what is it that you end up feeling like a sense of like, you touch like some true wholeness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not that like, like I'm all right, I'm okay. Like not that fucking like sing songy, like breakup music type of shit, but where you really like ground yourself and you start to like have Someone. a lot of compassion for other people. And you're like, fuck, like I don't even have to posture so much. Like I'm a valuable motherfucker. Yeah, it's you know? quiet. I mean, fa- like a fa- like a false sense of confidence or self worth is very like loud and flamboyant. Yeah, but that's where I like what you were saying just now, Christina. Is like you realize like like that's something that I fall into a lot. Mm. You know, and as a performer, mm-hmm. listen, I have my own podcast. On no disrespect, is such like. Justin and Silver as a character, which we yeah. lean into that big time. Oh, and, it's and, so and, funny. And anybody who doesn't know that I'm joking, that I'm really not like, you know, 
popping as many clonopin as I said. Like if you <laughs> yeah. don't if you don't get that like that is there to entertain you. You yeah. leans into the pretty boy because it's like you can't not be uh, like pretty and have abs. So why like why not lean lean into sure. it if people are gonna make fun of you anyway? They're yeah. gonna make fun of it. and so yeah. many people like this fucking, this fucking narcissistic hand job is like. Of course, like I'm playing the narcissist in <laughs> hand job, but like, but the reality is, is like who you're talking to right now. So it's yeah. sort of like, oh, you know, that's, yeah. but that's why I was like, I was listening to Soder's episode and I was like, oh, I love these two girls. Like they're so good at like, you know, yeah, <laughs> you well, know, I, like I'll open up with you guys. I like that. I appreciate that. I figured yeah. you had a lot more layers than what I saw because I don't know you very well. Yeah. Um, so I was delighted to, to dive into that. What now? Um, sex. Yeah. You like intense sex. Oh, what I does love that mean it. to you? Like, yeah, Mike Vecchione was just talking about intense sex on the yeah. podcast. because I, I get that. I don't. I love it. I think I the biggest waste sex. of time is bad sex. Like, it almost makes me mad. <sighs> to me, what, so, what? To me, I don't even know of another. What other kind of sex is there besides intense no. sex? Like, what is what there's is that? Timid, well, listen, it's drunk all because, sex. It's all because we're maniacs. There's so. timid. There's yeah. timid sex. There's when one party when you're first. Listen, there's women who are very comfortable with their bodies, and you like you see them and you equally want each other and mm-hmm. are like listen i want someone like like but when they're no like all right listen we're gonna meet and these two like these two things are gonna collide like it's fucking awesome. like her vagina and your penis yeah the whole thing like i love when it's just when like bodies collide and it's like listen i don't even want to flip you over because like i want like I don't like the my intensity, mouth yeah. can't leave your mouth and I want like eyes open yeah, the whole time looking like, each I other get, in the eyes oh my god even flip I, you over I mean that, can we get that on a Valentine's Day card? you should write magnets bumper stickers t-shirts no, a so lot of I things love, for gentlemen. I love a lot of positions and stuff like that but there's those times where it's like I just like hand on the throat like yeah. squeeze your tits into my mouth like you're feeding me like a baby and then yeah, like I want and now. I want like and I want like <laughs> I want a lot of spit and like li- like don't even kiss me Lick my mouth like the Joker, like a yeah. Joker smile, and like I'm I surprised with your OCD that you're okay with the licking. Limbs, listen to me. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Fucking filthy. Mm-hmm. Good for you. I really do. Good man. <laughs> but like, but like, respectfully so. But here's what I'm saying. Here's when sex when is does bad. It get, when does it get not respectful? When is when is it, it disrespectfully with me, it filthy? With me, it never does. Like, I mean, listen. I assu- no. With me, it never. I hate. Well, you like, have to have respect for filth. I hate misogyny. Like you can like how quick can like. I mean, like, I hate anything misogynistic. Like, it has to be so... It has to be consensual. She's got to be like, yeah, I am fucking way on board with this shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But here's where you're saying that where it gets awkward is, like, you can tell when someone is, like they think you want to do that so they'll do that oh and like, yeah you can re- like but how many dudes are not good at like reading women's cues totally but also there's women who it's like listen i look younger than i am and like doing comedy so like i'll be way on it's like young women come up and then it's like and i don't know how much i'll do this in the future because i just kind of think i'm way over it at this point yeah but it's like one night stands like after shows type of thing you can tell when someone's like they're not as experienced or they're a little timid it's like that's that's kind of not that fun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why aren't you wailing like a barnyard animal? <laughs> yeah, that's not that fun. But when it's like, but when you're, when you're just like, when you're just on firing on all cylinders and that person is like way into you and you're way into them. Yeah. I And then I love like the narcissist aspect of it. As long as they know like it's playful. Like I love when my clothes come off and they're oh, like yeah. into it. And I like, lo- and I yeah. love, and I love giving it back. I'm like, well, just, I'm like, turn, I want, go ahead. Well, cause I was going to say, you have a nice body and you could tell by how you dress, but like, even if it was in the 
winter sometimes like when i i remember like when dan and i had sex and i was like oh yeah, wait know, you get a hold oh, of this oh i know about your tits <laughs> i love when my clothes come off justin silver but like you, yeah because you're like here you go and I then you love, get to see them light up oh it's i great. love and i like and and the cool thing is is like if they if this can be done in a way where it's like where it's playful where it's like before where they're like hang on i just want to look at it for yeah. a little bit I'm like, oh that's yeah, so hot look away for like look at it yeah like, go ahead chase I love me around follow me around the apartment and oh i love making me. women do stuff. So i'm like listen i want you to like i like i like getting your heels and hands and knees I want, them, I want you to crawl across the floor. I can't look at you when you say this. I want you to crawl across the floor <laughs> in your panties, and I want you to, but like crawl, like- like I'm gonna slide off this goddamn cat. Couch. Crawl across the floor. Okay, you, I, you're making hard eye contact with me, Justin, yeah, and I yeah. see what you're doing, and I appreciate it. I'm looking down it. at the floor. I'm not, I'm I do just always saying. appreciate it. I'm not, I'm you do always give me a lots of attention, thank you. <laughs> All right, I was gonna finish with that one. You can no, keep going, it. keep going, don't, yeah. I want them to like crawl across the floor, and I want them to work it like a mechanic working on a fucking DeLorean. Like you, that's, you lost me because of those last. No, words. I like that. No, I want them like like under. a nineteen seventy. Yeah. Well, DeLorean isn't that like from the, the Back to the Future? I was car. like, that's yeah. a Back to the Future. But, here, but my favorite, and this is the truth, the favorite thing is like there is nothing more. The feeling of like, like I love that thing. Like the woman comes first. Like oh, I, yeah. could, I couldn't give a shit. Like I could always just jerk off tomorrow if something happens where it's like <laughs> another I could, greeting card hit. I couldn't care. Wow. I could always just jerk I, off tomorrow. So beautiful. Is, the best is like going down on them from behind and like like I yeah. love making a woman come. Mm. I love it. Good for That's you. Such a, you really a, prepped for this episode. Hey, hey, Justin. Am I not doing well? You're no, making me feel you're like doing I'm you're doing amazing. Great, you're Justin. showing a lot of layers. It's interesting. Maybe the pattern is like men who have strong women in their lives really enjoy making women come. Mm-hmm. I want to be asked back. Well, we don't have repeat guests, so don't worry about that. No, no, no. no, no, no I don't fuck. mean there. <laughs> I want to be asked back. Yeah, I want you, to be you like, want to, yeah. Because I was like, the only way you can get back on the podcast is to fuck, you know, one of us. So, um, I mean, honestly, I'd fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like, not for that. I would. I think we'd have a good, you know what? We'd have, Justin. A, we'd have a good time. I just, I, Justin. here's the thing is like, what? Oh, no, almost keep, choked keep, on my coffee. Please keep going with that sentence because it was so Honestly, flattering. I'd, I'd fuck you. It was so flattering. But you're making you're making it sound like I'm saying it like, nah, yeah, girl, I'd fuck you. You can have a twirl on it. I meant more like <laughs> we have like a valuable. That's not how I was saying it. We have like a valuable friendship. That's I know, like, I, know that's I know, like, I know. We're like our friendship is in for the long haul, and you so know mm. it's like you could so sort of see like ugh, the discomfort that would cause in the future because it's like we're not going right. to start dating. You know, we're not going to start dating. Oh like, no, we're gonna, absolutely not. Right, we're not going to start dating. You know, so it's sort of like that's why that would be maybe we could just like masturbate together. Oh, wow. that's mutual masturbation's fun. That's fun. Yeah, it's a lot hot. Of stuff is going on. Okay, well, <laughs> put it in your calendar. All right. And okay. Oh, look gonna, at the time. Okay, I, I, I'm trying to think of another question, but I can't think why? of why. Um, I don't know. It's very when I met you, it was, it was very interesting because you you've really only been in one relationship since i've known you it's only been a couple of years but you always feel like you're like working on something or looking for something so like what, what what's the plan now because i know you want to i know you want to have a nice life and like settle down but you know you're not you I, love, I love I, yeah I'm, <laughs> uh, yeah no i'm ready i want to i want like a nice girlfriend yeah but like so so we're like what active things are you doing because i don't even know how you met this last girl i'm dating apps in person yeah, like what does I'm dating mean? Oh no, What's no, no! The plan? You know, I can't do apps. I can't do the whole apps thing. I realized. But why? I just like I gotta like Some... feel. So, I gotta like feel. I gotta hear someone's voice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I gotta hear your voice. Like I've done so many apps where you're like, and then you meet them, and it's like the second you walked in, I was like, 
absolutely not. It's like it's not that like I write people off or don't give people a chance, but there's like a feeling I get from so like from that initial sort of feeling I get from being in a room with someone. It's like I have that that there has to be like this little bit of a spark, which what's happening on an app is you're projecting onto these photographs. Mm -hmm. And I just think the whole like I think there's a danger to that. And what you have you have to almost look at apps as like, okay, what these apps are going to do is put me in a position where they're going to put me in a room with a bunch of these people, but that's my first impression of them, not the app. Mm -hmm. Right. And that then it's sort of like, well, look at the time commitment now. Like you're going to meet each other. There's coffee. It's like there's the day. There's the time on the app texting. Then there's the actual. So now hours have gone by. Those are the same hours I could just be out in public doing the exact same thing. It's a so shitty it's investment just, of time. So yeah. it's, it's not it's not it it's feels not forced. it's not it's not economical time wise and i think a lot mm -hmm. of times it's like late at night it's like you're sort of that's when you're swiping and doing your kind of thing when you're feeling lonely and this kind of that and like that's not the play i feel like when you're it's out the about, instinct you want to go off on yeah I, and i don't feel like i have to work that hard to like meet a person like i meet tons of people we do we, we have public lives so it's like my i think when i've meeting a person has never been difficult for me but i sort of think that like when you're as you as you go through different relationships or different dating experiences the road gets narrower mm -hmm. it's a hard word for me narrower mm -hmm. otherwise it's Narr. gonna mush. i had a really i had to intonate gets more narrow mm -hmm. the road gets more narrow the road so narrows. then like whatever if you believe in any sort of like attraction thing whether it's like if you think about it in like some sort of you know if you think of if you want to think about it in some Abraham Hicksy like I'm sending off a signal or yeah, you want to think about it more biologically it's like no I'm just sort of like I'm out I'm saying hi I'm available you sort of know more of what you're looking for and it just maybe it just sort of like maybe it just took a few of these sort of like uh trial by errors to realize like all right I kind of know more what I'm looking for now and like when that person walks in the room like I'm not shy to say hello is that good I mean that was good it's just that I mean at a certain point when's the person going to walk in the room well, they have before. They have plenty of times. I mean, I've I've had. They, what, what, I mean, what, what? So wait, but what's, besides, wait, what, what, what's not lining up for you here? No, it's it's just cur it's just curious. I just feel like I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you're looking for people, but then when I, sometimes when I see the people you choose, I'm like, this doesn't this doesn't to me line up with yes. things that you've told me. Yes, that. But that's what I was saying. That's yeah. what I was just saying. That's what I was talking about. I like, know, but it's just such a long time for the pattern to to, to go on. <laughs> I don't think it has been. I've there's been. I think I've been. I think I've been. I think that, uh, no, I don't think it has been. Okay, well, I'm not gonna give away your age. I think, I think, th my age, no, I don't give a fuck about that. I don't, I just, I, How old I don't, you? my, in my 40s, but I don't feel. <laughs> But I don't, for me, I don't like, I don't feel that way. Like I, yeah. the way you see me, like how I look is exactly how I feel. Yeah. Like that number does not. Oh yeah, no, no, no. You look fantastic. That's not a problem. It's, not that, but it's also feel, not, not, a, not a real issue for dudes. It's not, it's, it's, and if it's not an issue for dudes, it's certainly not an issue for me. And what I, I, in terms of meaning like, like this guy's got like, who does this guy think he is? You know, there's that, like, I, like you have to have an accurate self-appraisal. Like there's that yes. person, there's that dude who's like, you know, got his hair plugs and comes to his eyes. He still thinks he's macking it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I do think I have an accurate self-appraisal of like where I am physically and yeah. where I am emotionally and the type of person that's going to attract in. Like a mm -hmm. woman in her young 30s is not going to be like, fuck, like th that's not going to be a difficult. And that's sort of like where I'm going to land. But in terms of like pattern, like no, like there's been... Like I've had wonderful relationships with wonderful women. I'm just thinking, like in the past two years, mm -hmm. everything. It, like I've, I've definitely like sport fucked over the past few years, and that's what you you've seen me doing. Well, I haven't I, even seen you do that much of that, considering, considering your level of attractiveness actually and your career. Thank you. 
but i haven't but like i think now i realize like i'm like no now i could definitely go for something that's like meaningful and but it took a little bit of work because i was definitely coming I, when i came back to new york i definitely felt like i was limping like i was mm-hmm. like fuck man i came back to the same apartment that i hoped even though it's a nice apartment mm-hmm. i came back to the same apartment that i hoped i was never gonna see again uh, the fucking east coast which i thought i was only gonna visit like on my like on thanksgiving because i do not like new york city and was not at peace with like and like starting over in a career where I was like, all right, I have to be at a certain level before. I wasn't feeling comfortable with where I was in a lot of areas. But is that why you came back? Why did you come back to New York City if you don't like it here? But I, what I realized is I do like it here. Mm. And I've had to make peace with it. Like <laughs> okay. I, I complain about it a lot. And you I was told like, yourself you didn't want this, but yeah, then you realized. Yeah, I was like, realized. Justin, cut the shit. Like you do like it here. Like yeah. it took me 15 minutes to get from my apartment to here. And then we'll go to the comedy cellar thing tonight. And yeah. it's like, I was like, no, you do like it here. Like LA was isolating. Like you yeah. like the weather. You know what I mean? And you're like, well, it's, nice. it's like, it is. But I was like, I realized like I do like it here. Like I just was like, things weren't like things weren't lined up in my head enough. And mm-hmm. I think that now they are. Um, so when yeah. you're, so then I was like, so how was I with women? I don't want to say acting out, but not acting in accordance with what it is you're asking. So what you're asking is you're saying, Justin, you weren't like, you weren't acting in accordance. You were so. a slut. I wasn't a slut though. Oh no. I wasn't a slut though. No, I was no, just no, no. Slut phases are fun. Yeah, no, it, it was just more it was just more like we would have conversations about kind of what he was looking for. Yeah. And then I would see a relationship see. come to fruition and oh, I would be like, in well, the relationship. I'm like, either he's lying to me for some reason, which didn't seem like there was I no wouldn't. reason to lie no. to me because it's not like I was actually trying to date. You know, we were not in yeah. any, any actual romantic situation where to protect me, you would need to lie to me or to protect yourself or anything right. like that. Mm. Right. <laughs> we do, we're truly just friends. Um Huh, that's interesting. No, I, w- I was acting out, but definitely, I was acting out on probably like, beha- yeah, I was acting like, I was not acting in accordance with the things that I think I wanted to be in the position that I was talking to you about. Well, yeah. Were you recreating and patterns and you were just unaware of it? Probably. Yeah, but I yeah would say, so you but were I, speaking like aspirationally. But now I feel like that's where I'm at. So okay, when you good, ask me, I'm good. Like, and then I realized like other things, I'm like, Justin, do you really want kids or you just want Sick. someone to be there when you die? Totally, totally fair. Deep as shit. Good question. I was. I thought about that too, because I all I thought I wanted kids my whole life, and I'm like, I don't know. I look at, I hang out with my niece and nephews, and I'm like, they're so adorable, and they are. It's like my brother has this um, saltwater fish tank, and like I'm like Noah, how like if the temperature raises in the apartment we ha- in the house, the fish tank has to be like readjusted and all this kind of stuff. Having these little kids is like having the world's biggest saltwater. I'm like the maintenance mm-hmm. of dealing with this fucking human being mm. when you're asking them what they want for dinner, and then it's like they don't want to eat that, but they want the cheese sticks, and then but this cheese sticks, the writing is smudged on it, so he thinks there's something wrong with it, and that's an hour. Yep. And I'm like, but you can't just scream at them and be like, no dinner, because then you're going to like, then I'm going to be like my Child dad abuse. was. I'm like, well, there's a, I don't know if I can handle this. There's an yeah, hour yeah, yeah. if you allow there to be an hour. You don't have to yell at the kid. You can be, do what, what's done in like a regular functioning household, which is place it on the table and say, well, it's here. When you decide if you want to eat it or not, I'm going to go in the other room. Don't, that's um, that's bel- your power. Don't belittle me. That's not belittling you. <laughs> that's just like, I was home with my nephew for the holidays and I spent a lot, a lot of time lot. with him and I was like, dude, calm the fuck down. You're right, and you're, say they, that to him, but... 
I don't want to be selfless. Your life becomes that kid. Like, yeah. that kid becomes your life. I'm too selfish, And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, well, that's also inaccurate, though, because you uh, for a mother, mothers, shouldn't. mothers tend to do this. So, okay, again, I'm reading, I'm reading a book, and so mothers tend to, to coddle, 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 and make their whole life about their kid, but really, your whole life should be about, be about your kid only until the kid is five. After that, they should start functioning on your own, oh. and you can go back to self-care. Oh. So Five everyone's years. doing it wrong. The you problem is, us. though, a lot of people, because so many people had traumatic childhoods, mm-hmm. uh, they uh, then overcompensate with their children and end up spoiling their kids. So if, but if you, but it like, so for, but for instance, like my mom had like a, a just like a, you know, run of the mill, not, gr- not amazing, but not abusive, like a, just like a regular run of the mill. So she wasn't compensating for me. She was just treating me like I had everything I needed, but I didn't have more. I didn't get extra. I had anything extra I had to work for. So that's like the, that's like the pattern you want to keep continuing. You're so healthy. It disgusts me. No, <laughs> no, but, but no, no, no. Believe me, my, my home life, it was healthy, but then I came to New York and then I, I, I went wild and fucked it all up. So you see, like I had a yeah. Found- you're not doing that great. The, the, the foundation was Shut up. the foundation was fine, she and then it got, have a home, and then it got <laughs> fucked up, <laughs> and then it got fucked up. And also, anyway, anyone who I know who had a bad childhood is actually having a much better adulthood. Can I tell you? And yeah. The, and then if you had a good childhood like myself, you're having a much worse adulthood. You know? Tell, yeah. Is that? I yeah, think. Yeah. hundred percent. Can I tell you something interesting? The way yeah. I, the way I am with, and I, this is true. Like I've trained dogs around the world, and it's like so much of what you're dealing is you're watching owners' dysfunctions play themselves out through their animals. Wow. It's like, it's interesting. Like, you know, well, their dogs, their dogs acting out as a lightning rod for the owner's dysfunction. The way mm-hmm. I handle animals and how fair I am with them and level-headed, and it's like, listen, I know, I, I know it drives people crazy when it's like, well, my dog is like my kid. My mother, from all my friends, are like, you would be a fantastic father. I think I would be I a think fantastic you would too. father. I think I'd be a fantastic father, and I think I'd be a great. I think I'd be a. I'd have a great relationship with a son, but I think I'd be a great father to a little girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. I would. Yeah, so, I think like, would. But the thing is, like, it's what I'm saying is, like, God damn it. It's like, my friends with kids, It's a, they're like, they're like, do you want to come over for dinner? Because I can't leave the house. It's like, I'm just like, oof. They, they're like in prison. Those first few years are a lot, yeah. right? Yeah. The and first few, but after that, like, you, it's, they've just created that uh, notion in their head that they can't. They can. You, yeah. I mean, you know people, like, there are major stars. I mean, the Beckhams are one of my favorite examples because they don't even have a nanny. And both really? parents are celebrities. They have a, a bunch of kids. That's not fair, though. That's not fair, though. Why? Why? Because when you have every conceivable resource and you're like, you know what? Resources, but they're not using human resources. You can't let a robot watch your three-year-old no matter what. I understand that. but But there's also the ease of like, you know what? Um, kid's sick Call the doctor Have him zoom over To this house well, immediately of course I, listen, They I, always have a, They also have more kids Than you should be having If you're like uh, You know Not busy. to turn Not to turn into Like the Chinese government Over here <laughs> But <laughs> They have a ton of kids pick, so, pick someone Other than the Beckhams For this example And I'm with you I know I know working But I, I have to give an example We can't name a friend That only you and I know Because <laughs> <laughs> I have to use A celebrity example So that the listeners right. Can get on board That's the Someone point. could Google, you know. But anyway, you're really good at podcasting. Uh, I need to learn things from you. Oh yeah, because when I go, hey Mike, let's talk about Larry for an hour, and they're like, remember when he did that thing? And they were like, your your listenership's down. I'm like, fuck, I wonder uh, what it was. Oh um, my god, no, I have a question. That. How yes. are you with monogamy? Is it a challenge for you, or is it easy? Ooh. Um. 
first two years are great. How am I with monogamy? <laughs> That's a terrible I, I'm, answer. I'm projecting onto you, but I would think it would be hard. It's hard for me. Actually, knowing it's you, I would, vote the, I would vote the opposite because you're very traditional in a lot of ways. I'm traditional in a lot of ways. Monogamy, I don't know, man. I... I think that I have to I have to have like allowances and I realize like with the next girl we have to have some exploratory stuff that we do yeah, because do the more like I I had um I had the sexologist come on my other the podcast that I haven't done but I'm start doing again neurotica but and she was explaining like the, and I was asking about if how natural monogamy is and like you know when the dopamine wears down and it's like you're just not as excited to see as separate like how do you keep that going and there are major differences between like the male the male our male sex drive is way different because biologically we're supposed to be running around and like you know seeding the soil but at the same time it's like i wouldn't want my significant other doing that and then i look at my friends who's like Mm. they whether they swing a little bit or they have like they they do creative things to keep that alive i think i definitely have to find someone who's open yeah and i think it would be really fucking fun to like explore that shit with someone it's who is bonding. open because i remember is it oh my god it's such a bonding experience sure yeah my last like my last girlfriends and i remember like my ex-fiance who was she was beautiful she was like a she was like a la pearl a runway model she was going i didn't know about so this sweet mm. right this is and this i was i was it was before i was 30 but it was like you know even like you know if porn got watched it was like i was like crucified for shit like that oh and i'm God. sort of like you know no sex on screens now anyway unless it's like someone sending me something specific now mm-hmm. that's a lot of asses no sex on screens like someone <laughs> unless someone's someone sending me something specific. no unless i'm doing it with a human being who i know who that is but mm-hmm. like i'm not like i'm not like fucking parlaying my sex i'm not like i don't want to like indulge in like sex addiction on like you know like well because you have an screens. addictive personality anyway so, so you have to be careful about that i do have to be careful yeah. with that and but you I don't also want to th- brainwash yourself to yeah. like, uh, you know, kind of takes the thrill out of it. Like it being in person and ha- going to a sex club or something. Yeah, like- yeah. But I, I think that it would be, I think the fun would be like, hey, like right off the bat is like, uh, like the male is like this, the female's like this. And if you ignore wh- when your sec, when that road is going to split a little bit, then the problem is your relationship starts to split. And I think it would be kind of cool and kind of fun to like integrate that into your relationship in a way where you guys like sort of support each other like that and you yeah. have fun with it and I have and I don't know you how you could be happy for the person to like yeah yeah it's doable it's like, doable I mean I have friends who are like you know they, they get into like that cuckold shit they want to watch their girl get fucked by someone else like I think that would like you'd have to you know you'd be bailing me out of jail the next but day but that's just not your kink that's not my thing but I don't right. know what I don't know what my kink would be so you look for well, it so you could explore it with the person but I think that person. would be fun yeah I think that so that's the sort of things that I'm looking toward like you know if yeah I feel like if you can at least at the beginning of the relationship when you think you want to be in a relationship with somebody at least if the person can entertain those ideas yeah. and go and, and be open to them that is like oh it's the most freeing thing in the world because then oh. you're like we can go anywhere from here hiding. and we can check in with each other yeah hiding shit oh it's the worst like hiding shit such like, a turn off too oh that that would be that would that I'll, that I'll never do like I'm never gonna want to do something where I have to be like I have my friend Jesse he told me like he was like uh told me this the other day he's a friend of mine for boarding school he's like he's got this girlfriend they're like they've been in this long relationship it's like i mean not the longest but it's been like three years to the point where it's like you know that the 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 honeymoon is definitely they're not still in the honeymoon and he's like she woke up and i was like jerking off the porn i'm like and what did she do she's like well she like joined in and she started masturbating yeah. and he started, i was like 
That's so nice. That may not be my specific thing, but that's fucking cool. But yeah. again, you're just the options. The options are there. Well, yeah. because I think it's on. I'm reading this book. Esther Perel wrote this book called The State of Affairs, just about monogamy, and I'm obsessed with this book. And she oh, talks I gotta about read that. it's amazing. I got the audio book so I could just listen to it on repeat. Um, but to put all of your sexual satisfaction and emotional satisfaction and intellectual satisfaction, a hundred percent of all those categories onto one person, it's unfair. It's a lot of pressure, and it's, it's so much pressure. And even though you want to take on that, especially if you're a hero type of person, you want to save people yeah. of course you want to take on that that sounds like a fun exciting challenge you can express yourself that way but you need to if you both can realize at the very top of the relationship forming that you're not going to be the one to satisfy 100 of their needs all the time and that's okay yeah oh life will be oh so much easier yeah, yeah, yeah. everything's just finding out it's tra- a lot of trial and error like for yeah. coming into this i was a lot different i would probably think that i was like oh yeah monogamish or whatever i'm not at all i'm like very traditional very regular i need like the, my life is so crazy i need the stability of someone yeah we both switched um who is there and yeah. not crazy i am i'm just very like regular i'm i'm realizing the same thing where it's like i gotta find so my life is so i mean we all live a very similar lifestyle where it's yeah. like I realize, like I lit the, the chemical of like dopamine is running through me. Some like you get off stage, and then it's like the stuff I did, like in the gym, like 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 you know the runner's high is literally like, it's yep. a dopamine yeah. and adrenaline high. I'm like there's so much adrenaline running through my body all the time, mm-hmm. and then there's like how like my, I don't have like a set schedule. I'm in a different town, all these things, and I'm like, dude, there is so much fucking dopamine. Where, like I need to find, I need home to be a stable place i need to feel safe yeah. i need to feel comfortable and i need to want to fuck the shit out of this girl all the time like at least in the beginning you can find that instability yeah because i mean for me i'm still like i still like go out a lot and like and i'm just like this is i can do it we're physically. going out tonight you're my date tonight i know i have it in me physically but then i'm like i don't even i just don't even want to do this anymore i need to find people who are more boring like honestly, it <laughs> yeah. were stable. It's too much. Dude, I love. I live like you this need a balance anymore. I love. Uh, let me tell you something. I love. I love nesting. Yeah. With a chick, well, I love like when they when a girl you order walks all three or, meals from your couch. When yeah. a girl's just walking around in her sweatpants and she doesn't have any makeup on and like these are the things that turn. I don't know. Like that's why I didn't wear like, any makeup. I knew this. No I knew makeup. This, and there's no bra on and she's just like kind of titting around the apartment. Titting I get, around. I just get like <laughs> I the just, best. I get fucking crazy for them you're so you're wow i'm like do me a favor when you come back from the gym don't fucking shower don't shower like because i know the difference what happens because i know the difference between stink and smell like i want like (laughs) another greeting card do you know i want like you want the you want the I want the yeah, I'm gonna the workout lick on the your pussy. sweat off of your But pussy. see, and then right there you're kind of like tapping into your kink because I think people think yeah. of kinks as like tying someone up or watching someone get funked, fucked, but there no. are there are kinks funked. to be <laughs> to be found in like the nooks and crannies of everyday life, and most people just aren't looking for them because they become mundane, but they are always there if you want them to be there. Yeah. You just need to uh find them and expose them. Yeah, little ones I learned about recently. Mm. What? Like Oh, oh, little things that you learned about. Okay. Like, I, like if you when you start having like really great sex with someone, you're like, oh, I didn't realize like this is like a thing I could get into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's so much to explore. explore. And some things that are like kinky or that you like with one person, you might not like with the other person, but then you find something new about them. Yeah, like that they're into. So yeah. And you know what the cool thing is like when you really fall for someone, they're imperfections become so hot for me yeah they don't realize that their imperfections become like when i remember i remember certain things i dated this one girl who i was so fucking crazy about and like i have like very nice white teeth and i tend to like like nice white teeth 
she didn't have like these like nice white teeth. Yeah. And I was like, I always think about like, I was so crazy about her. And I remember when I noticed, I was like, she doesn't have like those white teeth that I love. And I loved her fucking teeth. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I think about her, even though I think she was like a shitty, shitty person, I'm talking about, <laughs> she was like, I, I'm friends with all my girl, my ex-girlfriends. I'm shitty friendly with person, all of them. Shitty terrible is, teeth, but I fucking No, she didn't have terrible <laughs> teeth. She didn't have terrible <laughs> teeth. But this is one who I'm like, you know, like, I have no desire to be friends with this person right. just because like you are like, this is there's good people, there's bad people. Mm-hmm. Or there's good people, there's not great people. But like when I remember, like physically, I was like, fuck you got me with those not white teeth like so it's like there's things about women like if someone's got like skin stuff or all this kind of things like it just becomes like it becomes like the hallmarks of them yeah and i I dig it it's Mm -hmm. their it's their thumbprint yeah 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 because we all have this list of things that we like want in a person and i think of the people that have been in my life who meant who like meant the most to me and i'm like oh yeah they didn't have like any of those things that i was looking for because (laughs) none of that stuff matters women are a lot more flexible (laughs) when it comes to that though yeah aesthetic yes women are a lot more flexible i never go off of aesthetic ever you don't no because i just go off the feeling but i mean i happen to have date really hot guys i think but like not all of them but one of my best friends Oh, he's so handsome. So, so handsome. handsome. Um, but In an unconventional way. Yeah, yeah. In a very, like, I used to work on the docks type of way. I love his boyishness. That's what I, lo- I, I really liked about him. And I yes. loved his, his voice. I really attracted to somebody's yeah. voice. Yeah. And I've never, yeah. da- I've never like, <laughs> fucked, had a fuck buddy who, like, could make me laugh. I'm always the one making the person laugh. And it was nice to, like, take a break from that. But, yeah, it's always, it's personality and vibe. That's why I'm saying the apps are, like, the problem yeah. is, like, that the you amount of time, that. the amount of time it takes to actually meet the person to, to and that's the beginning. Yeah. Like, that it's almost like you're spending too long buying the ticket to get into the bar you might as well just be walking around all day i think there's so also true. a gold mine in there for someone to create a dating app with like a voice feature to like you can record oh, a little piece of yes of we talk about me doing it not that we know anything like about a smell, copyright and like a smell and a yeah, voice yeah can't do it guys well a smell would be great but smell I think you, that's that's technology that we won't have for <laughs> a little 3D while 3D prints their dick to your home so you know what but you're you getting got, into here's what it is you gotta get on the phone with that person as soon as possible mm-hmm. and women are getting the problem with women is like it's kind of like it's coming like you ever look like you know if you look at like chat rooms like remember AOL like sex chat rooms sure. like oh, there yeah. are 11 women in here and 11,000 men in here yeah mm-hmm. like so they're like getting it's it raining jizz duh. yeah they're getting it from all angles mm-hmm. so Words to live you by. You keep looking at the clock. Do we have to stop? No, well, we no, have to no, keep an eye on that time. Yeah, yeah. But we do have to stop. Um, Justin, thank you so much for thank you for having It's me. been such here. a pleasure to get to know you better. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and being Where can we you find you? Where can we hear you? Social media, plug so, yourself. Go well, ahead. Corinne has been on my podcast. No disrespect. Myself and Mike Vecchio on her episode is fantastic. Christina will be on it I'm doing soon. it on my birthday. I'm, oh, is it on your birthday? Yeah, we February 19th. Oh, we'll, we'll I'm excited. We'll have to get you something to make it special for your birthday. So it's no disrespect. You can uh, download it anywhere podcasts are downloaded. I'm going to start Neurotica up again probably by the time this comes out. So don't listen to any of the episodes unless it's the one with uh, coming up with Rosebud. Um, my personal social media, it's at I am Justin Silver on all social media platforms. And it's IamJustinSilver.com for show dates. I do have this cool show, which also... Um, which also, Corinne, you have done, called Anxiety Attack at New York Comedy Club's East Village location. It's mm. the third Thursday of every month. I'd love to have you. Yeah, I would love to do soon. it. Um, and although you can get discount tickets uh, if you use the promo codes, all that stuff is on my website at IamJustinSilver.com. Yeah, those lineups are always insane. Sometimes I'm like, wow, I didn't even know you were friends with all these people. Wow. This is very impressive. Uh, thank you so much for being here. This thank has been, guys, me. We Fucked, the Anti-Slut Shaming Podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. She's at work. I, 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 I know you got that work. So let me
Let me slide inside of you, then throw it in reverse and make it work. Work. Shorty, shorty, drop that ass again. I know it go berserk and make it work. Go ahead, go ahead, pop a perk. She gon' pop that pussy, girl. You know I got that work. I got that work. Go ahead, pop a perk. Shorty, pop your pussy on my face. I make you swerve. I need that work. I don't know, young boy, what you doing? See you riding low in the track, who let you win? Yeah, I see the dope in your car, I know you're coolin' But shorty trippin' all the time, yeah You a foolin', you be riding with a lame nigga And he think he bullin' Yo, we fallin' back, don't wanna be the one you choosin' I'ma break your heart and take the feelings that you used to But we can't stop, we win this baby Put that on anything, put you over everything, baby everything, I'm falling, baby. I'm crashing, I'm bailing Like fuck all the work, I done brought with us, baby I got some work that for all of us, baby Her and her friends at me, all of us, baby Why do I always be fall for these ladies? Get me some perky, surround me with ladies Any is slow motor drive when I'm faded Any is slow motor drive when I'm faded I pull a cup for your baddest behavior